we talked to several reporters, people with like who had like SEC podcasts that all had votes for the Heisman. And they literally, I'm not even exaggerating. We had probably, I think I had about seven people and Ed had about 12 people tell us, oh, shoot, I wish I had seen him play. I never saw him play. I saw Christian play, but I heard he's a really good running back. It was like the writing was on the wall. And right after that, like Ed and I looked at each other that night after without anybody in the room. And we said, OK, yeah, there's, there's he has no chance. Like I was shocked he even took second after going through those ESPN awards. Like they're like, really? it was kind of a joke that he was out there because I don't nobody even watched him play. This is the Give Me a Sense podcast. Here's Mike Yale. End of message. All right. Hey, everybody. Ashley Adamson here. And this is a huge, huge, huge personal honor for me. Something I've dreamed about for months now. The opportunity to guest host the Give Me a Sense podcast. It's a very big deal. Mike Yam and I, of course, work together at the Pac-12 Network. We've both been there since it launched. And, and when he first asked me a couple weeks ago if I would be interested in guest hosting the podcast, my answer, of course, was yes. I would be honored. Uh, and then I immediately started brainstorming who I would be interested in having on the show. And the very, very first person who popped in my head is our guest today. She's a former Stanford soccer player. She's been called the number one football mom in America. Anyone in the media who has spent time with her would agree that she's one of the most quotable interviewees in all of sports. I couldn't be more excited to spend some time today getting to hear some stories and perspective from the one and only Lisa McCaffrey. So Lisa, uh, thank you for making some time today. I know you've got one or two things on your plate these days. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on. It's so funny you thought of me. Um, yeah, um, that was a, quite the introduction. Didn't realize I <laughs> well, a, I could have gone on football and on. mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep There's going. Keep there. going. I need. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my boys don't make me feel that good at home. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, well, then I'm going to have them on and we'll talk to them next week. Um, yeah. I remember, yeah. though, the first time we met in New York just about a year ago, last December, it was before the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And I did an interview with you and, and your husband, Ed, obviously. And I remember thinking at that point that I wish I had another like three or four hours to just sit down and, and pick your brain. Uh, I'm going to talk about the men in your life soon enough, but I want to start with you and and your path. So if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, you grew up in Florida, Mm -hmm. big time uh, multi-sport athlete, tennis. I know you set records in track. Your main sport was soccer. And I read that you actually received Vanderbilt's first ever women's soccer scholarship. Is that true? Um, That's that's what they told me at the time. Yeah, because I I kind of came along. Um, when women's soccer was just starting to get its legs, um, it wasn't that popular before. And um, to be honest, I didn't even know they offered scholarships when I was playing. I just thought, oh, it'll help me get into a good school. And, you know, and I loved playing it and um, loved being part of a team. And I had no idea they even offered scholarships at the time. And because of a Title IX, they were starting to offer more and more scholarships. So, yeah, Vanderbilt, um, yeah, evidently they said it was the first woman soccer scholarship. Um, so. But so that was cool, there. but but you turned it down, right? And decided to go yeah, pretty but, much as far away <laughs> as possible from home and, and attend Stanford. Uh, yeah. How did you make that decision, I guess, is the question. Um, I visited, and it was the most beautiful day in the whole entire world. And I set foot on that campus, and I said, I want to go to school here. <laughs> um, I just I just fell in love with it the minute I um, touched down there. Um, just the campus, everything, the atmosphere. I was just, I don't know. I just felt like this is where I want to be. I always had a thing for California. I always just loved California or the thought of it at the time. I think I'd only been there like once or twice before, but I just, there's something about it that I loved and I just wanted to be part of. So um, I thought, oh, if I can get in here, this is where I want to be. So 
So I think anyone who's been it. on Stanford's campus would know exactly what you're talking about there. I, I know people talk all the time about the Stanford experience. Um, yeah. I'm curious, how, how would you describe what your Stanford experience was like? Oh, goodness. Um, Stanford experience. Let's see. It was, well, I mean, it's, it's such a weird time in your life. You're, it's the first time you're on your own. And I was so far away from home. I didn't have a car. Um, but it, it was, um, oh, goodness. It was, it was pretty amazing being around people that were so smart and, you know, just so intelligent. And um, I don't know, I was kind of blown away. I was very intimidated when I first got there. And then as I got to know people more and more, I felt a little bit more at ease, a little um, like, oh, okay, I can, I can handle it. Um, but I was definitely, definitely intimidated when I first got there. But um, like I said, it was just, it was just amazing. Like I'd go, you know, meet in these like small groups, small classes, um, and just be blown away by the, the information these people just knew offhand. I'm like, how do these people know that? I can't believe they read, you know, these books and already. And, you know, I just I came from, I actually came from a very high academic school, but I was still with that, um, just blown away by some of the, you know, some of these people are just so smart and so just schooled in, in certain subjects, just so learned in certain subjects that I, you know, I had an overall education, but man, I remember going into a philosophy class and just every kid in the room was just had read most of the books they were, they were, um, we had to read for class. I'm like, how did they, you know, I was blown away. So, but what um, did you but study? I, after a while, I got a little more company. I ended up studying English. I majored in English as an English major. I, and I, I emphasize the creative writing. Um, I loved, I, I didn't like to research stuff as much. So I did creative writing and wrote some fun stories. So, well, I was an English major myself in college. So, oh, uh, kindred spirits. Oh, good. So, so you're smart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if my dad would agree that that was the the best uh, major to pick at the time, but um, yeah. You, so you obviously you played soccer, and and your soccer career though was cut short after after your sophomore year. After my junior year, I um yeah, I, it was a, uh, off season between junior and senior year, and I um ruptured. I went up for a header, and I just came down funny and ruptured two discs in my back. So that was a doozy that, um, that sucked <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of shocking. And I didn't know what it was. And I actually got a, it was misdiagnosed. They just said, Oh, it's just muscular. You'll be all right. And I kind of like sucked it up for a while. And the next visit home, I went and got a full MRI and um, I had two ruptured discs, but they ended up healing. Um, and then I just took on running as a hobby and I've been running ever since. And if I don't run, it actually gets worse. It's the weirdest thing. So really? um, I just think the the evenness of running and um, just the movement, the little movement just really, um, I don't know, keeps everything sort of intact and in place. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, yeah. So how long, like yeah. how, what you say you're a runner now, like what are you, are you running long distances? Oh gosh, I'm you, not breaking records. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was, and I used to, and I never before, um, you know, before that day that I hurt my back, I would never want to go any, any, by any means over a mile I was like I hate long distance never and in track that was me to do the 400 I'm like I will not do the 400 hated anything over 100 I barely could do the 200 and then lo and behold I'm like well I got to do something to stay in shape and and then I just started you know walking and I'm like oh gosh it takes forever to walk and then eventually I just started running now I've been addicted ever since so my senior year once my back healed up um, I had to get a, like an epidural shots with some cortisone in there and that just kind of helped it um, move along. And once it healed up, I started running just very slowly, very gingerly. But um, um, I started that in my senior year, second semester, senior year in um, college. And I ha I've literally run ever since and it keeps me sane and active and it lets, helps me deal with all the boys in my life. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That. But um, yeah, I'll... no, I'm not breaking any records. I run about 20 miles a week. That's it. That's, uh, that's better than, than the majority yeah. of America. I would say that. 
Um, oh, well, I don't know. I talked to some people. I'm like, oh, I'm not worthy. <laughs> well, so the other thing that happened at Stanford, obviously, is that you uh, met your future husband, a, uh, a star football yeah. player who had gone to become a, a three-time Super Bowl champion and pro bowler in the NFL. There are differing stories from what I can tell about how you and Ed McCaffrey met. He claims, apparently, that you met at a birthday party and that for him it was love at first sight. How do you remember it, Lisa? <laughs> exactly that it sounds so romantic um it was that was kind of that was kind of right that was the time we actually we I remember meeting in the training room one time um just briefly and um I don't even think I mean it was he didn't give me the time of day it was like I remember walking by him and we I think I had tape he needed and I handed him tape that was it um not a, quite as romantic and then I kind of forgot about it didn't have any uh, love interest in him at that time um he was pretty demanding with the tape and then um, later on, <laughs> fast forward, we did. We met at a mutual friend's birthday party, and we went out to dinner. We actually, our very first date was at Max's Opera Cafe right there in Palo Alto, yeah. the Stanford Shopping Mall, which was a huge splurge for us. Neither of us had any money at the time, and a huge splurge. And we ended up naming our first son Max, kind of in honor of that. So I love that. And we like the name. So. Yeah. So, so how soon did you know, like after that first date, were, how soon were you sold? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I knew I liked him. I'm like. I knew I liked him. We we took it a little bit slow for the first couple of months. That's for sure. And then, um, I don't know. And then, uh, we just started spending more and more time together. And also he was like ending his, cause he was a, he was a red shirt senior. So this was his last year for sure. And then he, um, knew, you know, he wasn't playing the next year at Stanford and was going to go into the draft. So he had more and more time on his hands because he was just training and that didn't have to go to all those meetings. So we ended up spending a lot more time together and we got, we got pretty close and, uh, I don't know, a couple months there. And, I didn't, you know, I, they, oh, and then he asked me to go wherever he, where, where he got drafted. And I'm like, sure. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, please don't be like a Green Bay or Minnesota. Cause I wanted to get a job. I'm like, there's no way I'll get a job in those small towns. Um, I didn't know. I was kind of naive at the time. And then he got drafted by the Giants. And I was like, okay, I think I can do New York. They must have something available for somebody with my limited skills. So, so tell York, me about that, those about early that. days then. So you, so you go out to New York with him. At, at what point, I guess, did he propose? When did he make it official? Um, okay. He proposed that, um, okay. So he was holding out, um, back then the players used to hold out a lot. It was more frequent cause it wasn't quite the slotted system they have now. So mm -hmm. you'd hold out and it was very common to do that. And, uh, anyway, he was holding out and I was there with him. We were living at somebody's house and they weren't living there and he proposed then, but it was kind of lame. He didn't have a ring or anything. Um, but I think he was just getting really stressed. I know he was like stressed <laughs> out and just desperate and like, Oh gosh, okay. Don't leave me. Um, type thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess so. So we got engaged. We, we did get engaged, but he likes to tell the story, which did also happen that he finally um, Christmas Eve, I think it was Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Eve and a carriage in New York city, central park. Um, he proposed then. So that was the anyway, official proposal. Was, We're going with that. That was the official, the official okay. one. Yes. Yeah. So he likes so much to like tell the first version. time you met was, was he wanted uh, tape in the training room and his first proposal right. maybe left a little bit to be desired, but, but the real story that we're going to go yeah. with was the romantic birthday party in the carriage on Christmas. I like that. Exactly. Uh, so I guess he's a romantic in the relationship. I'm the realist. <laughs> uh, you told Sports Illustrated one time a while ago that you and Ed got together to uh, to breed fast white guys, which is one of the the best quotes. I know it's followed you. Whether you were joking or yeah, not. Yeah, haunted me. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm sure it's it's followed you everywhere. Every every article that that you're mentioned in that 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 uh, quote. It's a great quote. The fact though is whether you were joking or not, that you guys did exactly that. You had four boys, 
uh, just seven years apart. Oldest, you mentioned, um, was Max. He's a, a wide receiver at Duke. Second born, obviously, is Christian. I think pretty much anyone listening to this podcast doesn't need me to introduce uh, him, but the Stanford running back, he broke Barry Sanders' uh, all-purpose yardage record last season. Dylan, who is a star senior quarterback at Valor Christian, uh, who's going to go play for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines next fall. And then your youngest is Luke, a sophomore at Valor, also a quarterback. He's already uh, generating some interest. I saw the other day that he received an early offer from Colorado. So did I, did I miss anybody? No, that's it. Okay. That's it. You got them all that I know of. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Those are the four I keep track of. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Uh, so what was, what was the McCaffrey household like with those four running around back in the early days? Oh my gosh. Um, it was crazy. It was loud. Um, it was competitive. It was loving. Um, it was a lot of um, mocking each other and keeping each other humble and normal. That's one good thing about having a lot of kids. Sure. Um, they sort of uh, keep each other down to earth. Um, and uh, no, it was, uh, it was definitely busy. And I will say this, I, I think Max, I think I was 25 when I had Max. So it, by today's standard, I guess I was pretty young to have kids. And because I had all boys, I'm kind of thankful I had them young because I just, I don't think I could do what I did then. Now, now that I'm like 47, I'm that much older. I am like, I, I'm just, I would have been exhausted because I just remember like barely sleeping and just running around and making sure nobody died that day. No one stuck a finger in a socket or I don't know. No one ended up like, you know, in a pool they shouldn't be. I don't know. I just remember just constantly counting to four and rounding up. And um, it was, like I said, very active, very, very, very active is the, how I would describe their, their child, their childhoods in general. Um, and, and it was when Ed was still playing and, you know, to his, he's a fantastic dad, but just by the nature of the NFL, he was not able to be around as much as I would have liked. Um, so it, a lot fell on me those first those first couple of years when they were all little. So at the, to me, for boys, that's the hardest time when they're little. Um, yeah. I think they're a little bit easier as they get to be as teenagers. Get I think it's opposite for girls from what sure. I've heard. So. Uh, what were your grocery bills like? How much did you guys <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> Outrageous. Um, oh, my gosh. It's, if I told you what we spend a year on groceries or did in the high times, you would throw up. <laughs> it, it, that's literally where all our money went was groceries now, <laughs> and they bring their friends over and everything too yeah so, you no, know, they're, sure they're playing so you want to feed them yeah so it was very high let's as long as they were all alive at the end of the day though and you, you counted yeah. four that was i did yeah sometimes i'd sit there and count to four i'm like oh wow i used to just be so happy when they'd all finally go to sleep <laughs> Like, oh, did, Christian <laughs> mentioned uh, one time in an interview about somebody asked him something that we don't know about you. And he said that he had a pot belly pig for a pet. Is that, can you confirm that? That is a hundred percent true. Yes. Um, so Ed is allergic to dogs and I love, I'm a huge, you know, animal lover. I love dogs. I would love a big dog. And um, we couldn't have one because he's allergic to the hair. So we started researching. Somebody said, Oh, you know, you should get a pig. They're great animals. They're really smart. Blah, blah. So we started researching them and we, Ed ran into a guy who said he could get us a pot belly pig. And, um, and we did, we said, okay, great. We ordered one from a pot belly pig farm in Arizona. And the guy drove it up, um, gave it to us. He was the cutest thing ever. His name was Terrence. And, um, turns out Terrence was actually not a true pot belly. Terrence was actually a hog, like a huge pig, a regular sized pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went on vacation, left him with some friends for two weeks and came back and um, Terrence was probably 70 pounds, was like went from being like, you know, a cute little like 15 pound pig to like a 70 pound pig, 70, 80 pound pig. It was huge. It was so big and didn't stop eating. And yeah. Um, anyway, we ended up, um, we had to move. So we ended up giving him to these people um, on a farm that 
treated the pig like better than I treat my kids. Like they would sleep with them and oh, it was the funniest thing ever. But yeah, we go visit him every now and then. Anyway, that was Terrence. Um, he was awesome. And pigs are incredibly smart. We've actually talked about getting another one because now we're way more settled. And because why not? Awesome yeah. Pet. Awesome pet. Yes. Love That's them. good to know. Okay. So anybody, any, any of listeners uh, out there looking for, for pets that maybe might be allergic to dog or cats, you're saying that a, that a pig might be the way to go. Pig like is a it. nice alternative. Yes. Very okay, nice. Very, great. yes. They're awesome. Um, did you ever hold out hope for a girl? Did you ever think about maybe going for number five once, once Luke arrived? Um, we went, we tried for a girl four times and failed. We did every time. We thought, well, we'll have a boy and a girl. We had Max. And we're like, okay, well, next one. When, when I was pregnant with Christian, I actually told Ed, um, that I was pregnant and I gave him these like pink little baby shoes thinking, Oh, this will be a girl. And, and then, um, when I found out, I had to find out too, cause I knew I wouldn't be really psyched if it was another boy. Not right. that I didn't love boys and Max, sure. but, um, I remember, um, finding out and crying. And I just knew right after they told me Christian was a boy that I would have all boys for some weird reason. So I was more at peace with it with the, with the last two, but I just knew after that one, for some reason, I was going to have all boys. So um, to your, to answer your question, we did try, but we tried four times. We were not, I was not willing to take the plunge on five. Sorry. I think that's <laughs> fair. Do now, does Christian know that, that you were upset that he was as a boy? I mean, obviously yes. not, not now, yes. but yeah. Yes. No, he knows. He knows. Yeah. We somehow <laughs> that got out. So, oh, well, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so because they all play football, obviously plenty of people evaluate, you know, your, your son's on-field talent, but I would love for you to give us the mom scouting report on each of your sons. <laughs> football wise. <laughs> Either um, one, whatever, what, whatever you want. I mean, I say mom scouting report, so you, you can go football if you want, or you can go, you can go non-football too. I, th- I think a, a lot of listeners might be interested in the non-football scouting report. The non-football part. Well, um, they're all incredibly different. They look different. They act different. Yet they are, there's definitely similar, similar in, in many ways. Obviously they all play football. They're all competitive. Um, all of them have a different body type. Um, so Max came out and I can, you know, evaluate our parenting styles with each one. Max came out, of course, the firstborn as you're about to have your first, um, you'll probably can't help it. You always say you won't, but you overparent. you know, you're just, you're so nervous. You don't know what, you know, we wanted it to be everything to be perfect and, um, totally overparented him. And he's, he like, you know, was neurotic as a kid, like nervous, never wanted to do anything wrong. Um, typical firstborn, um, he's, he's an awesome kid, but he's just like, he likes to do everything right, right away. And, um, he's, you know, hard on himself and, um, you know, just typical, very typical firstborn. Um, but he's eased up a little bit as he's gotten older. Um, but anyway, that's, that's Max, but that was more, uh, um, I think our parenting style. And then, um, Christian came along and, um, <laughs> he is, was probably way happier, go luckier. Um, he was, he was a um, very happy kid. Like Max did all the worrying for him. So Christian just could go on, you know, and be happy. And those two are really, really, really close. Like they have such a great relationship. They're fun because Christian came out more like stockier, more of a running back. And Max is always taller and lankier. And so they never competed with positions. And um, Matt, I will say this, the one thing I'm so appreciative, Max was such a great brother. Um, We would throw Christian on all of his teams. Um, I feel like that's part of the reason Christian was, you know, pretty good at a younger age because we made him do it just for driving purposes and sanity purposes. Um, we'd always be like, well, he's got to play on your team because I can't get him to his practice, except in football. We didn't put him on the same team in football just because it was dangerous for Christian to play up. But in like basketball and baseball, everything else, like Max is always, you know, trucking along with his younger brother. And to his credit, he was so kind to him and so nice to him. And um, as was all of Max's friends, too, they were so great to Christian. So um, um, to this day, I'm very appreciative of that. And that probably made Christian, he always wanted to prove himself, too, to his brother and his brother's friends. So he always 
worked extra hard. Um, although there was an incident, since we are allowed to say a bad word on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, we are. When I think Christian might have been a freshman, Max a junior, or else a sophomore, senior. I don't know. They were playing basketball one summer for their school team. It was like the summer summer league games, and um, the only time they've um, each they've gotten a technical was. Um, one time um, they were playing against a team that Max played club with all the kids. So he really wanted to win. And um, they were winning the first half and they come out the second half and Christian's a point guard, Max is a forward. And Christian would like throw, come down, th- come down, and just light up a three and miss. And then, um, then he came down and turned it over. Um, and then another one, he did, he did the same like four in a row. He turned it over basically four times in a row. And Max goes, Christian, stop turning the ball over. And Christian screams out, fuck F you, Max. <laughs> And I'm sitting, and all the parents are like right on the side of the court too. It was, it was mortifying. I've never been more embarrassed in my life. So anyway, the coach took them both out of the game, had a little talking to the coach is a great guy. So thank God. But um, yeah, that wasn't the, my finest moment as a parent. Well, of course, Ed's nowhere to be found that game. He wasn't major. able to make that game. Yeah. So did they, anyway. so did they win? Oh no, they ended up losing because uh, Christian oh. turned the ball over according to Max. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all excited. Yeah, I know they lost. Too, That's a great. So. It was just a summer uh, game. It didn't really memory. Yes. Yeah, that was a fun, but that wasn't our finest moment. But I don't so. Okay. Okay. So that so that's Max and Christian. I I I, yeah, I can yeah. understand kind of their uh, dynamic. How about your youngest two? Oh, then the younger two. Okay, so there's three years between Christian and Dylan, and so Dylan is sort of Dylan's a nice cross between Christian and Max. He's um definitely very responsible, very conscientious, like Max. Um, but, um, he, and he and Luke used to fight more than Max and Christian ever did, but the last year they've actually become like besties, like Max and Christian were like, but they, for some reason they would argue more and bicker more, but now they've kind of come around and now they're, um, they sort of respect each other and know where each other stands. And they now are like best friends. So, which is kind of annoying for me because I feel like sometimes when we have to go out for Christian's game, I'll come back and they sort of protect each other. Like, I don't know what really goes on. I used to know because they tell on each other. And now they're like, they've sort of bonded against us, which I don't know. Um, I think I like the other way better because yeah. I get all the scoop. But so we're kind of out. But um, but no, yeah, Dylan's, Dylan is definitely, he's a lot more cerebral. You know, he's kind of a quarterback, so he's very analytical. Um, he's, the, he's, he's smart, um, very smart. And, um, you know, like I said, he's very cerebral, how, how I would describe him. But he's also fun. He's definitely beats by the, oh, his own drum. He has like, he collects vinyls. He, you know, he has a certain style of dress and um, he's like super tall and they all make fun of him for being the tallest, um, even though they're all jealous of that. But um, <laughs> so it's kind of fun. And then Luke is, um, oh, Luke is awesome. He's the youngest. He is the least parented of the four. Whereas Max, we overparented. Luke, sometimes I forget about him. We've I think that's him always the case with the youngest. Yeah, especially if the that youngest of four. Yeah, it's it's been tough. However, I think he's going to need the least amount of therapy because of it, though. That's what we figure. So, <laughs> because he's the least parented, so I think he might be the only one that's going to be actually turn out and be okay. <laughs> well, that, that I'm glad you had four then. If one out of four is not bad, yeah. Lisa. I just want to say that it took four to wear us down completely. <laughs> so. Um, so I'm actually one of four. I'm number two in the line of of four. Oh, and I, I love being one of four. So I, I know I understand how chaotic. Uh, the house yeah. can be, but I'm, I'm curious, a big thing in my family is we always, always consistently ask uh, my dad, who's, who's the favorite kid. Yes, and um, he's, I, th- I think I know, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I have the answer, but, but do you, I mean, it, we, we don't have to let your sons listen to this podcast. Do you have a favorite? Absolutely. And it changes. 
So okay. we do it. We do a weekly thing every week. Who's the top or sometimes even daily nowadays. Top four. We do top four. So, four really like, who spends the most time ago, Dylan got in trouble and honestly it varies there'll be a consistent like one for a couple of weeks like Max had it when he first moved back here he was he was one because he was really helpful he was happy to be home he was number one for a couple of weeks in a row I don't know who's ever been the most number one to be honest I can't I can't say there's been one that's number one for the most amount of time but there's been streaks okay um, so yeah, so maximum, but yeah, no, it's a weekly thing. We 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 say who's our favorite. So that's smart, actually. They don't that's really smart. care that's as much anymore. Too. They used to care, like oh, I want to be on. Now they don't care that much. But yeah, do no, you guys have a chart? And it's like, not based on. No, um, no, we have a little chalkboard. We keep it on. So you know, we do it on the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, we're gonna have to install that in my family. I think. Yeah. Uh, so the first time I interviewed Ed um, was at a Stanford game, and he said he. He said that he he told me that he felt more nervous watching Christian, um, and I'm assuming that this applies to all of all of your guys' kids than he ever did playing. And and this was Christian's freshman year. I think they were playing Army. So I, I said to him, I said, so this okay. right now is more nerve wracking to you than playing in a Super Bowl. And he said yes, because you can't control any of it. Um, right. So I'm just curious, what's can you describe the parental angst of watching your children play sports? <laughs> um, do you do you remember um, this summer watching the Olympics, watching Ali Raisman's parents? Yes. That's a good, yeah, it's that. Those just bottle that and like, you know, you try to not act out, but I have no fingernails right now. Yes. It's so nerve wracking. Just like Ed said, you have no control. Even when Ed played, I get crazy nervous at the time too, but I I had no idea it would be worse with your kids, but it is. It's just, oh, it's just like, um, I heard um, Jim Harbaugh describe a game. Somebody asked, oh, do you enjoy coaching? And he's like, I do, but, but you know, those three hours during a game, it's like getting a root canal almost the whole time and then after once it's done it's like okay you're just like happy you're like so elated and happy that that's the feeling you strive for so um it is it is it is gut-wrenching it's gut-wrenching it, it's it's hard to watch it's it's fun and exhilarating and it's a, a type of high but it can also be like the lowest of lows too it's like so up and down just in the in one game you know you one thing could go wrong and you're just like oh you just feel devastated but you know, and then one thing goes right and it's ecstatic and you're, it, it, but it is, it's like, and you know, walking into the game, just because I've seen so many football games that you're going to have that, like for the next three hours, it's going to be like highs and lows the whole game, no matter what. So, uh, do, yeah. Do you hard. ever find yourself wishing maybe that they had picked like, I don't know, track or soccer or some other less violent sport? Cause that's another component to it. You know, I mean, it's not yeah. like they're just yeah. out there competing and that you, you know, as a, as a mom, you care for them in that way, but, but they're, they're putting themselves um, you know, in, in somewhat precarious situations uh, every single right. weekend. Is that, is that hard? Um, it is. It definitely is. I, I I mean, it's what they chose and it's what they absolutely love. And like, I could not, I could not pull away from it because I do know they love it and they all know what they're getting into. And, you know, we, I wish they had played soccer. I tried to make them all play soccer and they wanted no part. I mean, they did when they were very little, but they, they yeah. just wouldn't, it overlaps the boys soccer and football, but they all actually wanted to, but um, but no, they all just gravitated toward it and just fell in love with it. Um, and I, I could not, I could never not let them do that because of um, their love of the game. And I would just feel like I'd take away their passion, but they all know what they're getting into. You know, Christian's addressed it and talked about it and, you know, knows what he, he's getting into. He just loves it. And he's willing to take that risk because he does love the game and respects the game and just enjoys it so much that he could never not do it. So I have to think about that sometimes before a game and really realize what, what we're, I'm walking into. So um, from everything sort of keep me calmer yeah yeah no i i imagine that it's uh 
that it can be hard because I think as fans, you know, you get wrapped up in your team and people get so engaged and, yeah. and live and die by their teams. And I think that you add on the fact that, um, you know, you're watching your son or, or your daughter out there in the field and, and knowing everything that you know and, and living it through them is, uh, I assume, until you've experienced it, is um, probably something that's a little hard to describe. But from from everything I've heard, Christian kind of knew right away that he wanted to go to Stanford. Is that was that true? Is it if he if he kind of that always kind um, of what yeah, he wanted? Not, well, kind of. He you know he kind of he he visited and liked it. Um, he also he was looking at Oregon too. They had a great system that he would have fit really well in, yeah. and um, took a couple visits. And that was the one visit because we went there. We did go with him the first time when he was young. They had offered, and we went there. I think we visited as a sophomore, um, and we went. Ed and I both went with him. And then he wasn't sure he was teetering because he, because Oregon just had like an incredible system that he, like I said, he would have fit in um, really well. Um, and there were some other, other schools too, that he was looking at also. And we so badly didn't want ever to him to go to the school that we went to. And then he hated it and blame us, you know, if things didn't go well. So we sent him out on his visit, his next visit to Chris, to Stanford um, where he went and he, he stayed with a guy on the team and um, we didn't go out with him. We just sent him out on his own. So we just said, look, you know, you go with, an, with you know, without us there. And um, not that we were pushing it. We tried hard not to push it. Um, it's hard not to because we did go there and we had, we've all, both had great experiences. Um, so it's hard not to sort of lean, lean to Stanford. But um, so we wanted him to just make his own decision like we have all of them. And, um, and anyway, he went out there and he the second time he went, I think he really got it. And that was when he really fell in love with it. And um, enjoyed the kids and, and knew what he was walking into. And I think that was at that point was when he really um, decided, okay, this is where I want to be. So, were you guys happy when yeah. he, when he came back and said Stanford's the spot? Um, yeah, we were, we were. And then, you know, then you get nervous. You're like, oh gosh, I hope he's, you know, you then you're thinking, oh, I hope we didn't push him in any way. We started retracing our steps and, you know, how, how he came to this decision. You know, we, we did it. The, ultimately we all felt really good about it. And we felt like it is definitely the place he should be. And, you know, I think that it will be a good, a good system for him and, you know, football wise and obviously academic, academically, it's, it's fantastic. There's nothing better. So um, I do think it, it's, it has been a great fit and it is a great fit. And I think he would say the same. So. I don't know that this story. Yeah. Well, I know Stanford uh, and Stanford fans are are thrilled that that he made that choice. Probably Oregon fans, not so much, but um, especially given last weekend. But uh, I want to ask you a story about a story that I don't know if you remember or not, but Tavita Pritchard one time told me um, that on the, their official recruiting trip uh, to go see you guys, the home visit, he and David Shaw came out in in the middle of a Colorado winter. uh, And there were some, (laughs) there were some car issues from what I from what I understand, oh gosh, do, you, yeah. do you remember First this? First of all, yep, I remember distinctly because once again, Ed was um, doing a Bronco game. So I had to host Coach Shaw and Tavita. And um, thank God our football coach, who I know really well, Coach Sherman, also came over. So once again, I'm the only girl. Story of my life. Where were you? <laughs> thanks for thanks for getting my back, Ashley. Appreciate it. Um, yes, completely the only girl. It's always the case. And I'm, you know, I have to have to host these coaches, cook dinner. Um, so, yeah, so feel sorry for me. And then in addition to that, um, Coach Shaw hates the snow. I found that out um, while he's there. And meanwhile, while he's spewing about how he hates the cold and the snow, right behind him in the window is this huge blizzard coming in. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Um, and that's so Colorado. You know Colorado. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 60 in the next minute. There's a blizzard. Well, this happened to be one of those nights. It was a blizzard. So, um, we yeah, we were sitting at the dinner table, and the snow was just accumulating, accumulating. And they – they rented two cars because um, they had different um, outbound fl- outbound flights, um, Tavita and Coach Shaw, and um, neither of the cars had four-wheel drive, and we live, like, down a hill. Like, you have to come down a hill to get to our house, and so their cars wouldn't go up the hill. 
So, oh, we almost had. And so, how did they, they get up? Because Tavita well, tells they had it, and to he leave said by that, midnight. Yeah. You know, well, because and then the Tavita was saying that they were started to be stressed out because, um, you know, there's a time limit. Obviously, there's a lot right. of rules about yeah, the home visit, so they needed to get out of there. Exactly. Right. Right. Well, so Coach Sherman, wait, how did they do it? Because I only. Oh, I no, I take it back. They did only have one car that they both rented, but but Coach Shaw had an earlier flight. So Coach Sherman had a four-wheel drive, so he drove Coach Shaw to the airport, Rod, our, our football coach. He took him to the airport, but Tavito is still stuck here. So we had a great – poor Tavito was stuck here with me, the little guys, like everybody. We sat around, and then it was like 11.45, and he's like, I have to leave because I kept saying, look, we have an extra bedroom. Max is gone. You're more than welcome to stay here. And um, it ended up, uh, I had to drive him in a blizzard in my big, huge car SUV. Um, I drove him to a hotel because the flight stopped going in and out. I don't know how Coach Shaw got out, but he did. Um, I think he was visiting Dalton Schultz going on to uh, um, Idaho. Um, but um, Tavita got stuck here till yeah, 1145. And then I rushed him to a, a hotel near the airport. That's what I did in the middle of a blizzard. Anyway, I dropped him off just in time. But his car stayed here for I don't know how many months like once a week I take a picture of it and send it to him like still here I was like I don't think this is our gift like for you know I don't think that you this is USC you're allowed to do that so, and I go and if so I'd like a nicer car at least one with a four-wheel drive so. oh my god yeah he said he was terrified he said the look that Shaw gave him when they were initially trying to get out of the driveway was like this death yeah. look that was like are you freaking kidding me uh, I felt so good. bad. So yeah, the car finally, not finally came and got the car, or do you still have the car? Yeah, honest to God, it took months. It took like a couple months before they came and got it. Yeah, it was it was really funny. Somebody from the car. Yeah, typical. Oh, yeah. So I think that now they made a they made a rule. I don't know what they call it, the Lisa rule, but now they have to rent a car with wheel four wheel drive on recruiting trips. That's smart. So. That's good. Live and learn. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad yeah. I didn't mess anything up, and I'm glad <laughs> I didn't break any any rules. Um, yeah, no, they're good at not breaking rules. So. <laughs> uh, Lisa, I want to go back to the Heisman ceremony last year. And, and obviously, I, I'm going to preface this by saying that with, with all due respect to Derrick Henry, I think myself and everyone I know believe that Christian absolutely 1,000% should have won. Uh, pointless to you know try and rehash in the hows and whys, and my feelings on the voting process and system are fairly well documented at this point. But I am curious <laughs> to know what that night was like for you as a family. After the ceremony, what kind of what, would, what were the conversations you had with Christian? Um, let's see, you want to know the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I would like um, to know the truth. <laughs> I bet you. No, it was... Um, no, it, okay, so we went out, but prior to that, we had gone out to Atlanta for the ESPN Awards, mm-hmm. and um, do you know, are you, you know what those are, the, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he was um, a big, he, they we, put him in the broadcast all over, they had him shooting a camera, and doing yeah, all they sorts had, of right, stuff, it right? was like a fun night, but um, I'll be honest, um, they, the, um, we talked to several reporters, people with like, who had like SEC podcasts that all had votes for the Heisman, and they literally, I'm not even exaggerating, we had probably, I think I had about seven people and Ed had about 12 people tell us, oh, shoot, I wish I had seen him play. I never saw him play. I saw Christian play, but I heard he's a really good running back. <laughs> They're all like SEC uh. people. And like one reporter came in and literally pushed us aside to get to Derrick Henry. Like I had no, I, like I was not familiar with, I mean, I obviously knew what the SEC was, but I did not understand like any of that too. Not to take anything away from Derrick Henry. The guy's a stud and he's a sure. boss and he was awesome and great and Oh my God, Deshaun Watson and his mom and aunt are my favorite people on earth. I pray to God he gets it this year because he was such a nice guy. So, um, but anyway, that's besides what, but I could just, you just knew when I, when we went to those dinners and like, 
um, like Christian didn't even get the Maxwell award, which was like one of the, he had more rushing yards than anybody that got it. And like, they didn't give that to him, like little things like that. You're like, okay, we felt a little slighted that trip. We're like, okay. It was like the writing was on the wall. And right after that, like Ed and I looked at each other that night after without anybody in the room. And we said, okay, yeah, there's, there's, he has no chance. Like I was shocked he even took second after going through those ESPN awards. Like they're like, really? it was kind of a joke that he was out there. Cause I don't, nobody even watched him play. And I mean, I had people, you know, some of the people that actually did were people that were former Heisman winners. I had, there was a few that actually studied it and, um, like a couple of them um, took us aside and, and explained that they did. But there's a lot of people that I just don't feel like really understand the game of football. Like there, yeah. oh, there's some people that I know they don't because I I had worked with them prior. And um, when I when we lived out in New York, I knew some young people that ended up staying in the business in the sports business, um, sports uh, broadcasting. And I'm like those people. I can't believe they have a vote in the whole thing. Like I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it was kind of shocking because I, I know for a fact that people don't really understand. They've been understanding yeah. the ins and outs of the game of football. But, um, but and, and not to take like not that he wouldn't have won anyway, even if they did. But um, it, we just knew after that visit, after that trip, that Christian had no chance. Obviously, we didn't tell Christian that. You know, I don't know what Christian was thinking, but Christian's like an incredibly competitive. Um, you know, and I think he looked at the fact that he had broke the record and thought he had a chance. So, you know, when, when they, they didn't, uh, when Derek Henry won, you know, obviously he was happy for him, but he was disappointed, um, which is normal, normal reaction. And, um, and it was fine. Like it, you just, we all needed a minute or two to decompress, which we did. And then we left and went back to the hotel room. And this was the only bad thing. We got locked out of our hotel room because Ed had gotten a Gatorade that day in the weight room he had worked out and got a Gatorade and like charged it to the room. And I guess we didn't put our credit card in the room because the Heisman was supposed to be paying for it. Um, didn't even think to do that. And so they locked all, locked us all out of our room. So we're all sitting outside in the hallway of our hotel room waiting to go meet somebody. For, and we were just all, it was just a bad, it was a bad, probably 30 minutes of our life. So once oh, we all got in the room, we all decompressed and got in normal clothes. And then we all went out to a super nice dinner with a lot of people that had come out, a lot of our friends and friends from Palo Alto and, um, some of the coaches, all the coaches that had come out once we went to that dinner, could care less. It was all fine. It was wonderful. It was great. So it was just, so let me just know, get this again, like, so you guys. So after the Heisman ceremony, obviously a, a lot of heartbreak and I'm sure Christian was, was not, was not feeling great. You go back to the hotel and you can't get into yeah. your room and you're stuck right, outside. Stuck and then in. why wouldn't they let you in? Because Ed had bought a gator, got a Gatorade and charged it to the room that day so like we had a pending bill because there was no credit card on the room they just it was just a misunderstanding they just didn't put a credit card on the room or we didn't I don't know we just when we got there they just took us right to our room we didn't think you had to I don't know we weren't even thinking like that um and so there was no credit card it was just so stupid so they they locked us all out of our rooms because did you get an apology from the, from the Heisman people I hope I don't even know. Maybe. I don't know. But Ed was furious. I was, it was not, not our finest 30 minutes of our life, but sorry in advance. Sorry. Um, anyway, we all, we work, we work through it. We're fine. And um, after that, we went out to a fantastic dinner. Everything was fine. We had a great time. We were all the people that like loved Christian and it was awesome. And he was so happy that everybody that in the world that he loves was there. So it was really fun. Good. And so, so, so the moral of that story is to pay for your Gatorades up front. Is that? <laughs> pay for your Gatorade up front. Don't forget. Okay. Yes. No, Got it. Yeah. Ed learned his lesson. So yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I'm glad it's about time. Um, <laughs> it was just a misunderstanding, but it was bad timing. So yeah, I can imagine that, that, um, that's a pretty incredible was, visual. Cause so. all you want to do is go in and like, press yeah. and like, you know, just vent for just like a few minutes, change your clothes and get comfortable. And then, but then all that. Yeah. Anyway, it was fine. It was great. It was, it was a neat, it was neat. The only thing I wish they did is like, I wish they let them go to like a play or like experience New York or like go see the Statue of Liberty. They like, they did a lot of press 
when they were out there. A lot, a lot of press. So I just wish they had done something fun for them. Let, let the boys, like, you know, they earned the right. This is a neat thing where they are. And I wish they had taken them. Because Christian had never been to New York City, parrot fail. Um, but um, it would have been cool to do something like touristy. So I feel like we need to take them back and really show yeah, them. Yeah, you got to get them back there. Well, anyway. I, I remember yeah. being part part of that media troupe. And I remember witnessing like what they, you know, we get the schedule of what, um, of where their availabilities are going to be and what they're doing. And obviously we only get a, a limited um, itinerary of, of where they're going to be. And I remember thinking like, how many times can you ask, answer the same question? How many times can you, totally, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I felt my, my heart went out to them for sure. And Christian handled it. Um, so, so yeah. incredibly well. So it was, it's hard because you went, like I said, you went right from that ESPN thing where they're doing the same type of thing. Um, you know, asking the same question, this and that, and then right to that. And it was, uh, it was, he, he was tired. He was tired. And you're tired in a different way, not like physically tired from football. And, and that's another thing he's trying to, you know, keep, he want, he wanted to work out and everything, you know, to stay, you know, to stay in shape and stuff. felt guilty as teammates are all back home, um, all back at um, school. They're working out and everything. He's like, all he want to do is like lift weights and, you know, go for a run or whatever. And uh, he wasn't able to do that, but um, obviously it was, you know, way more important not, you know, to do what he had to do. So, but I do wish that, that he had gotten to do more New York things, you know, touristy things, or just a few things would have been kind of fun. So, but anyway, yeah. we'll take him back another time and do that. Yeah, for sure. him back there when, when there's less uh, media following him around. I remember yeah. Lance Anderson, yeah. though, that his running back coach telling me that yeah. uh, the, at dinner, like the night before the Heisman ceremony, that he kind of pulled him aside and said, Christian said to Lance, said, hey, I've been looking at cut-ups of Iowa, you know, because the Rose Bowl right, was right, right. Yeah, he was trying to this guy doesn't stop. Yeah, like this is, he he's, does it, yeah. he's enjoying the moment, but but he's he knows what but, he knows what he cares about. So, um, so just okay. to, to follow up, I guess, on Christian, after, uh, you know, after dealing with a little bit of injury this year, he's now playing as well as ever. I mentioned the, the three touchdowns against Oregon in week 11. He's already at the thousand yard rushing mark this season. I think a lot of fans uh, think that his final home game as a Stanford player will be, you know, possibly against Rice. I'm not going to ask you where he's at in the decision to go to the NFL because I'm sure it's it's one he's still making and in the process of making. But I'm just curious what sort of what advice you and Ed um, will give him or have given him as, as he decides whether or not to come back to Stanford for his senior year or, or go to the NFL. Um, yeah, and to be honest, I haven't even talked to him about that. Um, Ed has, and he has said basically – don't even think about it. Let's finish off strong. Let's concentrate on the game, the task at hand. You have a couple games left. Um, yeah, we, he, he said that. He goes at the beginning of the season, don't think of, you know, people ask you questions and whatnot. And let's just, we'll visit that when you're done. When you're done, you still have a whole season you have to get through. That's, that's the most important thing. You have to focus on that. And, um, you know, when it's all said and done, he's Ed's like, you know, I'll take care of you, you know, agents or whatever. If anybody feels anything my way, I'll take care of it for now. And then after that, then you can address it. But, but really, he's just saying, you know, he'll, he'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season, you know, who knows maybe where he's evaluated and all that stuff. We'll, we'll have to analyze all of that and weigh the pros and cons, but, um, but it's, yeah, it's something we honestly, and I'm being honest, we do not talk about it. It's, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's bad karma to talk about before, before you're done playing. Um, no, that's that's just our our little thing. So it, yeah. And then we'll definitely address it. It will something that will come up. I know. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll talk about it at the end of the season. So, and so, and then, and then Dylan, your third is, is, as we mentioned yeah. before, getting set to go play in Ann Arbor, uh, next year is how, how did he pick Michigan? Um, Dylan has been a Michigan fan since he knew what football was the most bizarre thing in the world. Um, I do have some relatives that live there, but he was, he's always been a Tom Brady fan and he's always loved Michigan. Um, we had a friend, Oh, you might even know him, Steve Watson that went there years ago. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always, and he came back and brought him some stuff. He knew he loved him. It was just so that Dylan was like a little kid and he brought him back a bunch of Michigan stuff. And he was just always loved it. It's the funniest thing. And, um, um, they all of a sudden Harbaugh ends up there and, um, yeah, you know, we, uh, he got a hold of his tape and, um, and offered him and uh, Dylan was like the happiest, happiest kid in the world and was like so excited. And it was sort of a win-win with him being the coach there, being such a great quarterback coach. Um, you know, the best of the best. I don't know how you'd get better in the, in the college level, but, um, so it was kind of a, a win-win and, um, I knew no matter what there were, he wasn't going to go to another school once he got that offer. I just, I just knew that he's just always loved it. Um, and then let alone, uh, the hardball going there too. We just felt like, okay, that's, that's the stars are aligning here. So, um, yeah, he's, he's ecstatic. He's so excited. You know, he's trying to finish out his season, his senior season strong and he's getting excited for them. Um, bummer of a loss for them this weekend. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, that, that I think yeah, there, was, there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of upsets in the top four this weekend. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, there was. I know. What a weekend! It was, crazy. It was Actually, a wild this weekend. weekend I Dylan had gotten in trouble the weekend before. He was late for curfew one too many times, so we grounded him. <laughs> so I took him on a date, mom mom son date on Saturday night, and we went. Um, we were going out to dinner. We were going to go to a record store and then a bookstore. It was stupid. But normally we sit around and kind of watch college football for home. And the one time we're like, okay, let's just not watch football. Let's just go out and do something different. And, we, and like the whole night we kept hearing, like people were texting me, oh my gosh, are you watching the USC Washington games? Can you believe Michigan and I? Like the, everything like, was completely chaotic. Like it was just crazy. So the one we can decide, we decided That's not what happens, to uh, yeah. watch it. Yeah. All that, all hell broke, break loose. So um, anyway, we learned our lesson. But uh, Is but Dylan no, yeah, still grounded? Is he, is he no, in the clear No, not, he's not. No, Monday was the last day. Yeah, today okay, he got his phone back now no he's not so you okay can, yeah calm everybody down i'm he's glad not to, anymore. I'm glad to hear that <laughs> Val christian will be happy guy. to hear that yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> has it sunk in that that like next fall you're gonna have an, an, an just one one boy at home <laughs> um yeah it's kind of, it hasn't completely sunk in you know just because we're so preoccupied with the seasons right now because it's such a high time for their high school and everything so we're really we've kind of been focused on that but every now and then like we had our, we did have a dylan had a senior dinner last night and the thought of him going away, it just, it changes everything in the house. Um, and I'm sorry to get a little bit sad, but um, we joked to Luke, poor Luke. We're like, okay, Luke, for all the lack of parenting you've had the last couple of years, finally, now we're going to like over parent you. <laughs> He's like, his clothes are going to match and be perfect. And finally his hair, he'll actually have a haircut, a normal haircut. We're like, oh my gosh, it's, you're is he excited? So, is, yeah, I was going to say, is Luke excited? Like, the only son, maybe yeah, not. He rolls, his eyes, he rolls his eyes and reminds me that he'll be able to drive by then. So he'll be fine. So. <laughs> Uh, do you, so do you have like preemptive emptiness syndrome or, or are you and Ed kind of excited for, for the next phase? Cause I, it's been chaos. I'm assuming for the last, yeah. you know, 20 years. Yeah. Um, actually we, there are glimpses of glimpses of it and we are kind of excited. We have some grandiose plans. We want to do like some, you know, traveling ourselves. Like we, I want to get a, um, <laughs> you can make fun of me. I want to get one of those like airstreams and decorate it like really cool, <laughs> like a gypsy airstream and like drive around, drive around the country and like drive to their games and go visit them in college and stuff. Um, that's just a little pipe dream of mine. And then we also, we want to do some, some traveling, just the two of us. Um, yeah. So we have, so we have, we're excited. We're making, we're starting to make plans and it will be sad and there'll be a different dynamic in the house. That is for sure. But at the same time, we're, you know, we're, I see, see it coming and I'm not completely depressed yet. Now, if we have this podcast, once Luke goes, there may be, there may be a little bit. A we'll little do bit a follow up, but, but for maybe yeah, for, for people who are listening, who don't know what a gypsy airstream might, might look like. Can you, <laughs> can you paint that picture? Um, well, the air, air streams are kind of, it's like a Winnebago 
like type thing that right. you drive around in and a lot of them are metal you can get you kind of get them anyway now but like you can decorate them any way you want i want to decorate it like like a gypsy style like really cool it's like <laughs> like yeah, and with like a bed in it and everything like a little kitchen um I, yeah that's just a little is that on board with this? this actually he is he's kind of excited um and we'll probably fight over the music in it but that's okay but think um, about but the yeah, tailgating no, opportunities that, the what opportunity? Sorry, the tailgating the opportunities. Uh, exactly. There you go. We just open up the back, and there's our little kitchen. Right. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're thinking about, it. but it'll be sad. It'll definitely be sort of sad. It'll be it'll be lonely, but at the same time, we we get it. We've had a lot of kids around for a long time. <laughs> How many? I mean, when you when you look at at obviously uh, Ed's career and and your four sons, how many hours of football do you think you've watched, Lisa? <laughs> I have no idea, but sometimes I'm mad at myself. I have, a, I have my, one of my best friends here. She knows nothing about football and it's so refreshing to like go out with her and like her husband will walk in and all of a sudden we'll start talking football. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hate myself. Like I'm, we're talking coverage and like, you know, what kind of defense <laughs> there and like, like stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she looks at us like, what are you like? You're crazy. What do you guys talk? How do you know this? But you, it's like either join them or you're left out. So it's sort of had to, had to learn. I don't know how many hours, but a lot. Let's just say that a lot. So I'm convinced that if that we need to get you into our Pac-12 Network studios one of these days and have you uh, be one of our <laughs> analysts, because I'm, I'm pretty sure that you could break down film <laughs> as well as any of our best guys. So uh, maybe, I, actually, maybe uh, I normally would be more humble about that, but I do think I could. <laughs> no, I know you could. I know you could. We're going to make it happen. We're going to get you back on this podcast uh, for get sure. Get me one as of well. those chalk things. Oh, game on. Like, they should have run this. Look at they're in a cover too. What are they thinking? <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to, I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll have our people reach out to your people. Do you have an agent or? Uh... Ed, Ed is my agent. Ed, okay, my agent. cool. We'll go, through, we'll go through your secretary, Ed. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Lisa, I, I wish you and your family, obviously nothing but the absolute best. I'm selfishly hoping that Luke picks a Pac-12 school so we get to see you guys more in the years to come. Uh, so just tell him it, to keep yeah. that in well, mind as he's going through the process. I finally got the Pac-12 network for this last game this last weekend. We didn't, embarrassingly, we had it last year and we didn't have it this year and it never was a conflict because we were always out at the game. Yeah. But we had to go get Comcast because we had DirecTV. So anyway, you know very happy to have it. Now I can watch. I was usually watching it on my computer, don't, but now we can watch it on our TV. Well, that obviously makes us very, 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 very happy. So, um, yeah, yeah so, good all good. so thank you. And you do such a great job. I love watching you. Well, great thank you. And I guess the, the last thing important. before I let you go, the very, the very last thing is, as, as I mentioned to you before we started this thing, is I, I'm, I'm about to become a mom. Um, yeah, any any, par- any early parenting tips that you can give me that would be helpful, you think? Well, between now and um, labor, I would sleep. Okay. Definitely. I can like, do that. Get ahead on the sleep. Um Oh my gosh! I oh, sing to sing to the baby and enjoy the time when you can sit there in a rocking chair and just rock the baby. Enjoy that and don't feel guilty about not getting up and doing fifty million things. Enjoy the peace of one baby and and just sit sit there and and it's important to be there and be uh, present in that kid's life, not just early on, though definitely early on, but also later on too. That's my only advice. That's the best <laughs> advice I've gotten. And and I will say if, if things really get hairy, um, I've got your address. So I may just uh, safe surrender at the McCaffrey house because obviously you guys know. What I will doing. watch him whenever you want. Yes. <laughs> okay, until he becomes perfect. older teenager. Okay, great. When he's so, little. Anyway. Uh, all right, Lisa, thank you oh. so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. 
Okay, good luck, and good luck to having your baby a speedy and painless recovery. Thank you. I'll keep you posted. Okay, bye. Good luck. Bye. All right, a huge thanks to Lisa McCaffrey, and a thank you to Mike Yam for letting us take over his show this week. Uh, I believe I'm contractually obligated to say that we would love it if you would continue to rate subscribe and review the Give Me a Sense podcast. I think I got that right. Uh, And obviously, if you have any friends who might be interested in the show, spread the word to them or share it on social. And until next time, have a good one, everybody.